what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by NBA Futures analyst, fresh off of some actual downtime, which is I think the first time he's taken any in about three years, Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing great. I, I, I played basketball last week. Wow. The thing where you like, there's an orange ball and you bounce it and you shoot it in this little netty thing. Like I did that with my actual hands. Normally that only happens on two-dimensional screens. It was wonderful. I missed three shots in my uh, game against a bunch of guys I never met at a rural town in Ohio visiting my buddy. Got out of town, and now I'm back. Back and ready for the stretch run here. Ready for some March Madness and some NBA draft preparation. Watching the guys heading our way to NBA. And yeah, I somehow it looks like I checked out last week. Kind of went off the grid, and the NBA decided to have its best week of the season, and every single night was the amazing game of the year. So, missed out on that, but glad to catch up and get back in the groove here. Yeah, we've had a good 10 days. It's been great since All-Star break. The games are absolutely phenomenal. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you go to FanDuel Sportsbook for all your betting needs. Also, make sure to download the award-winning Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, you get up the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. You get to find out all sorts of great stuff about all sorts of great game details. We have so many game guides about the NBA right now. We've got this podcast is in there. Green Dot Daily, which sets your daily betting agenda, is in there. Big bets on campus for the tournament. You've got to be listening to these shows. They're absolutely phenomenal. There is no better way to get caught up. If you're like me and you're like, I will pay attention to college basketball in March. It is March. And you want to get caught up? You need to pay attention to big bets on campus. Make sure to check that out. Today's episode of Futures Friday, we're going back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? We are going to take a premise that Brandon had suggested and mold it into a conversation on various futures topics. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. We'll start with the Western Conference. So Brandon, all of these concepts are based off of if someone came from the future and they weren't going to tell us about, you know, anything that's meaningful in the world, but instead tell us about sports. And they were just like, I don't have any information I could share with you except about the NBA. And they told us these things and only those facts. And we'd have to figure out what the path was. How could we profit off of those scenarios in pursuit of them? So a good way to think about this, if you're actually listening and you want to make this actionable is if you believe any of these are likely to happen, if you believe that one of the things that we're going to take as our our prior, our no, actually it's the opposite of a prior, it's a end point, a posterior, a posterior, <laughs> the butt. If you take the butt of it and you're going to work backwards from the butt, what are the bets that you would want to make if you think that those things will occur? And we'll start with the very first one, fitting on a day in which Kevin Durant slipped on a banana peel and has turned his ankle and is now azsports.com reported today that 
there's a belief that it might be a grade two sprain and that could keep him out the rest of the regular season, potentially into the playoffs. KD finished the rest of his workout after the fall. Book said he didn't think it would be too bad after. There was a lot of optimism around the team. There is some pushback today to the idea that Kevin Durant's going to miss significant time. So that obviously impacts like a lot here. For the purpose of these of these conversations, we are going to ignore injury. Like the easy answer on most of these is going to be, well, somebody got hurt. We're gonna yeah. not we're not gonna do that. Like those are obvious things, and you have to factor those into your caps regardless. If you're betting on the Suns, you have to accept, like, hey, Kevin Durant has had Achilles surgery in the last three years and he's missed a significant chunk of games the last three seasons. Like that's just part of it. Chris Paul often gets hurt in the playoffs. That's going to be part of your cap. That's built into the lines anyway. This is outside of those lines. And we'll start with this one. If the Suns do not win the Western Conference, they do not make the finals. Great Scott! What do you believe happened? Yeah, so obviously what's happening right now, it is an existing injury. So I think a slight exception to our rule, just in that I think we have to assume at the very least that we're probably going to miss a little bit of Kevin Durant time, that we're probably going to get a little bit less Kevin Durant. We're probably not going to see him every remaining Suns game. Just enough to say, okay, you know what? Maybe the Suns kind of settle in at that four or five seed range about where they are right now as recording Thursday afternoon. So I think the scenario is this then. I don't think, assuming health, assuming that it's playoffs and we're ready to go, which is our assumption, I don't see the Suns losing that four or five against... I'm going to assume the Mavs are the Warriors. Well, let's say it's one of those teams, but let's say they're pushed by those teams. Let's say that the Mavs, the Warriors, one of those teams is talented enough that we go, we go six, we go a hard six, maybe seven. We get some wear and tear. And I think that's important because you talked about already Chris Paul. We know about his wear and tear playoff history. Durant already, Maybe hasn't even had a ton of time to ramp up. Booker's had the injuries this year. I think the wear and tear part is important. Looking back even at some of those Warriors runs and the failed Warriors runs when they happened, the early series wear and tear, I think, played into a, you know the long run. So some early wear and tear. And then I think the snare for me is still the one we've talked about. I don't think they get pushed out by the Mavs or the Warriors. I think it's the Nuggets. I think they get to Denver. And here's how it plays out. Jamal Murray torches Chris Paul. I think Jamal Murray, the way he's playing right now, the way he is peaking right now, and the age that CP is, could put him a little bit in the torture chamber. I think Aaron Gordon, as much as anyone can in this world, maybe hangs a little bit with Kevin Durant, gives him some trouble enough to just put him off the game a little bit. And I think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the series and the Nuggets beat them. The Suns defense metrics don't hold up and crumble a little bit like it did in last year's playoffs. And I think that's the answer is Denver has home court. Denver has the best player. Denver has, I think maybe in that series, in this scenario, the best guard if Jamal Murray plays like he can. And I think Denver beats them and heads to the finals. And that's how Phoenix missed the finals. I think there's a number of routes that we can get to the Suns miss the finals. Uh, if it is four or five Suns Warriors, which I don't think it's at all guaranteed to be at this point for a number of reasons. You know, I do think that Warriors matchup is tricky. I've talked a lot about this over the last couple of shows when we've done Futures Talk. I am really struggling with figuring out Golden State right now. There's two things here. There's 
the Warriors have not lost a playoff series in which Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green started and finished every game in the series. The times that they have lost are 2016, where Draymond missed game five, and 2019, where Clay suffered the torn ACL. So you have, other than that, they are 4 0. That's it. Like, there's no <laughs> other conversation. It's like they are 4 0 when those guys start and finish. And that's like series by series, right? Like they are undefeated in the playoffs in terms of winning, losing a series um, when those guys start and finish. They match up really well with Phoenix. They are, they have an ability to play five out and spread the floor and switch, which Phoenix no longer has the capacity to do. Phoenix is basically adjusted and is much more of a traditional lineup team. They always have a big on the floor, whether it's Jock Lawndale or Bismack Biombo or DeAndre Ayton. They do not have viable small ball options to go to anymore. And that, to me, is incredibly important when you face Golden State because sometimes you do need to be able to counter what they bring to the table. Like, the Nuggets can't do that, right? The Nuggets are never going to take Jokic off the floor voluntarily. But the Suns do not have a center that is so good as to create mismatches on their end. Um, Aiden's good, but his ability to take advantage. And, you know, like I said, the Warriors can play that style. They've got Kevon Looney. So they can do it. Uh, Denver. Is and Denver's an excellent team. They've been the best team in the Western Conference the last three months. People miss the boat on them. They're like, what about the defense? I'm like, look, the defense is 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 top ten over the last three yep. months, like since December seventh. Since December seventh, for the vast majority of the season, this has been a top ten defense. Um, and you say, well, I still don't trust Jokic in a one five. Fair, completely fair. A thing for you to know is that the defensive rating for the until yesterday, the defensive rating for the Philadelphia 76ers when Joel Embiid was on the court was 110.6. The defensive rating for the Denver Nuggets when Nikola Jokic is on the floor is 110.7. It's 0.1 differential. I, my thing for you is like, it's fine if you don't want to bet against uh, on any center, but that's the, what you got to say is like, no center can defend. If you have to play a center, you can't win the playoffs. That might still be true. You know, Warriors won last year, but um, the question I have is, is there any other scenario? Is there any other team you think can beat Phoenix outside of Golden State or Denver? I think can, but I don't think it's a spot that I want to bet on right now. Yeah. Uh, again, assuming health, because we don't want to just like the, the Suns as much as anyone are going to always have the health question. Yeah. But if I'm assuming that I'm getting a full health effort, I, th- I think the other two teams I'd have to consider for the same assuming health reasons I have to think about the Warriors, but I don't trust the Warriors defense to match what it has been at championship level seasons. I think that's been the big difference for me with them comparatively to, to other years all season, but you know, it's, it's Steph, it's clay. Clay has been incredible lately. Raymond can do his thing. Obviously there would be a lot of like mental games going on with the Kevin Durant side versus all that. And I think that that could at least be in play it would not stun me if the Warriors beat the Suns. I wouldn't pick it, but it wouldn't stun me. It would not stun me if the Lakers got healthy mm-hmm. and we got healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis. And again, the, the, the LeBron and the, you know me, like sports nihilist Brandon, the Lakers are always going to be in there, but it's LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like as long as those two exist and have a chance to be healthy and Anthony Davis magically remembers how to shoot for two weeks, that's always a possibility because in that series, 
on any given night, they could have the two best players on the court and you have to count for the possibility that they could win in that scenario. So to me, those are the two. I wouldn't pick it, but I wouldn't be like, what person from the future? How did this possibly happen? I just think that the only one that I'd actually consider picking is Denver. If it's one, four, five, if I told you the matchups are one, four, five, Denver, gold, Phoenix, Golden State. And again, we're, there's a lot of ways that that's not going to happen, but like yeah. maybe. Um, and we have the same numbers that we have today, which are Phoenix plus 260, Nuggets plus 270, Warriors plus 600. And somebody was to come to you and say, Brandon, I want to bet the Western Conference. Who do I bet? What's your answer? <laughs> I think the answer in that specific scenario is none of the above, none of those three, because loading that half of the bracket, I think the answer has to be, and we're going to get to some of these scenarios. I think the answer now by the numbers has to be someone on the other half of the bracket. It has to be somebody else on the other side because like you didn't even mention who's the eighth seed. The eighth seed could be the Clippers or the Lakers. And now you have Nuggets, one of the LA teams that in the first round, and then you have Phoenix and Golden State. And like, there's, there's just no way the numbers are going to be in our favor to get out of that semifinal gauntlet just to advance from there. So I think like it. to bet it, it has to be someone on the other side whose number is going to be too long just because of the path. If I had, if, if you said, yeah, but you're copying out, pick one of the three, my answer is just going to be Denver. Denver, in my notes, it was as of a couple of days ago, maybe even yesterday, it was plus 330. I'm going to guess it dropped a little bit just because of the Durant news, maybe. It did. Um, certainly not because of Denver's sparkling showing against my Chicago Bulls last night. But that that would be my answer. And I think, too, with Denver, it's the home team. And I feel pretty good about Denver going up 1-0 in a series as the team that I think is the best and at home in that series. So even if you don't love your position after that, I think with Denver, you're going to be likely in a spot where you could hedge and can have some options later on. So I think for me, that still is the best answer. How about for you? I think it's the Warriors at 600. Interesting. The the numbers say that if you're past the three seed, you don't win the conference. It's only happened, I think, 16 times in NBA history and only once in the last 20 years. Um, and no team with a negative road record, which the Warriors are going to have one of the worst in yeah. NBA playoff history, has won. In the last 20 years, no team with a negative road record has ever won the conference. Yeah. But they could get past... Phoenix yeah. and Denver in that yeah. and, and all of those stats are super great, but it's the Warriors. And yeah, like, yeah, it's you, the Warriors. Here's a team that once won a title as a six seed, the Houston Rockets in 1995. Oh, good call. Hmm. I want, it's, it's like, I wonder what those teams have in common. Oh, you know, they won a title before. They had a weird regular season. They didn't really give a rip because they knew that the conference was wide open. They knew they could flip the switch. They knew they had the gear. They didn't need to prove it to anybody. Like, I know to throw the rules out. Like, look, you know me. I don't do the throw the rules out. Yeah, I you're the, you're the, the rules, rules guy. You're like, this doesn't happen. Yeah. It, if ever there is a team to make that argument for it, it is the Warriors. It has to be the Warriors. It's already the team that I discounted last year because I was like, sorry, it's just not their year. There's too many injuries. There's too many check marks. They're not hitting. And they got to the playoffs and it was the Warriors again. So I accept that that could be a possibility. Like I said, I wouldn't be stunned. I, I just also went bad at Let's go to if Denver doesn't make the conference finals. Right, Scott. Uh, huh? This one's pretty easy, right? Like Phoenix is better. Kevin Durant's, <laughs> you know, the Warriors, like 
Steph just tears up Jokic in the pick and roll. One five, they can't get stops. Denver's offense bogs down. Aaron Gordon chokes up and, and can't hit threes. MPJ gets lost on on backside rotations against Steph Curry, all these types of things. Or they just face the the Suns and like the Suns just have too much firepower between Booker. Uh, you know, Chris Paul gets to the mid-range and he hits mid-range pull-ups versus Joker like he did in the sweep. I guess my question, a more interesting one of this one, because this one feels kind of obvious. Yeah. Is if I told you it wasn't Phoenix or Golden State. Right. Who knocks out Denver. And that's that's how I answered it. I, I put other than just losing to Phoenix, which is the obvious boring answer. So I'm going to go back to my old faithful here on the podcast. Do it. If the Lakers, Lakers. are the eighth seed, yep. Anthony Davis has given Jokic problems in at times. Not always, but Anthony Davis has given it. They, they beat them in the playoffs, right? In the title run. I believe that was that didn't Davis hit the game winner over Jokic in, no, over, in the bubble uh, run? Plumley, but close enough. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's the same difference. So basically the same player. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I had in my notes, like Michael Porter Jr. gets played off. I think that's a, a scenario where just like defensively, I don't know what he can bring in a series. Like the upside is very good, but maybe he's just not out there. I don't know if Denver really has an answer for LeBron. Like I said, Aaron Gordon, maybe for Durant, it's, it's got to be him. There's no, there's no second answer on the team. It's not KCP. So I, I think it's that. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. But again, if our fortune teller tells us Denver has missed the Western Conference Finals, and, and I don't even, I, I'm not going to put Golden State into this. I just, I don't have them in quite that group. If it's not the Phoenix scenario, which is the easy one, I, I just think I I feel terrible for Denver fans who face the possibility of the dream season, this perfect team, great player, great vibes, and here come the Lakers in that 9 or 10 game, where if the Lakers start 9 or 10, they can only be the 8 seed and only face Denver. That's it. That's the only scenario left. And I just don't feel like a lot of Denver fans would feel great about that. I feel it like I'd rather face you, the Timberwolves or anybody else. I feel awful about that. They've never beaten the <laughs> Lakers in the playoffs. They've never yeah. done it. Never like, is a long time. Yeah, it, they. I mean, it's a, it's a nightmare for them. And there's two ways of looking at that, right? Which is like, one, it's Anthony Davis versus Jokic and LeBron. Is Are LeBron and AD and the Lakers really going to lose to the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic? And the other side of this is like the Lakers are not a good team. Yeah. They they're fine. They're since the trade, I would even say that they're like good-ish, pretty good. Right? Like Lakers fans feel like they're unbeatable now because they beat the Warriors at home and the Grizzlies who are falling apart. And I'm like, guys, like I get it, but you also just lost to the Wolves. Like we can you're going to be uneven. Sometimes you're going to look awesome. And sometimes you're going to look like garbage. And I think that's tough versus the nuggets, but at the same time, like, yeah, like Denver fans would actually be terrified. I haven't logged this one in the app and I need to do it. I need to go ahead and, yeah. and just like log the loss on it. Cause I do think it's a loss. I did bet Lakers versus after the trade deadline. Um, this is actually back on two twenty seven, Um, So a couple weeks after I did bet Lakers Celtics and Lakers bucks finals matchups. Oh man. Uh, I got plus 4,800 on Celtics and plus and 60 to one on Bucks Lakers. So, you know, let's say I put total four units on those. I'm I'll just, I'm going to log them and take the L, but I got to like, I got to be transparent. I haven't logged those yet and I need to put those in. All right. So let's go to the next one. I definitely think that that's like a way that that could happen. Let's go to the other end of that spectrum, which is what if both of the LA teams, the Clippers and the Lakers are shut out and they miss the playoffs entirely. Right. <laughs> We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. So as we 
record this currently the lakers are in the nine spot they are one game up on the oklahoma city thunder and portland trailblazers in the um uh loss column they are one game behind the mavericks and wolves and clippers the clippers are two games up on the thunder and blazers and jazz at 11 12 13 so for perspective, the Warriors in five and the Jazz in 13th are separated by three games in the loss yeah. column for a lot of teams that are essentially two games over or two games under 500. If both LA teams miss, what's the play to make? Yeah, it's complicated because it's going to be hard for both LA teams to miss. I was a little more excited that this one was my idea. I was like more excited about this one until I kind of dug into the, okay, so what is the actual machinations? Like, how, how do we get here? And unless somebody, you know, like the Clippers, unless the Clippers bottom falls out and they drop down to the 10 seed or just like miss the postseason. And let's clarify here, shut out of the playoffs, not the postseason. We're saying, presumably, I would think that both LA teams probably make the play-in or at least the Clippers make the play-in and then they just don't advance to the playoff proper. Here's what really needs to happen, barring a huge seating change. The Lakers got to stay in that 9 to 11 range, which is where they're at now. I, I'm calling that 9 to 11 because I think OKC and Portland are the group. Maybe the Pelicans make a little run here, but I've kind of counted them out and I've been counting the Jazz out for a while. So that's kind of the range of that back end play in game. Here's the problem the Clippers, it would be great in this scenario for the Clippers to drop past the eight seed, but who's most likely to take their spot if they fell below? Oops, it's the Lakers. That didn't help at all. So here's what we pretty much need to happen. The Clippers, as the eight seed, have to lose in Minnesota, in Dallas, whoever the seven seed is. That's fine. The Clippers lost in Minnesota last year with all the good players, but who cares? That doesn't matter. Patrick Beverly got to celebrate. It was great. So the Clippers fall out. Here's the problem. As long as the Lakers made the other playing game and now beat OKC or Dame and all of his friends, now we have a Lakers-Clippers elimination game, which is all sorts of fun and narrative, but already ruined our scenario. Because guess what? Somebody has to win, and now one of the LA teams made the playoffs after all. So unless the Lakers miss the play-in, we either need LeBron to lose to OKC's kids, or Dame and the leftovers, or... We need, and we need the Clippers to lose twice out of the eight seed. All that is to say, I don't think it's going to happen. That, like, that's the scenario of how we get there. I think we're getting an LA team in the playoffs. I have made my bet with one of them will get there. How to bet it. I think Clippers to miss the playoff number is too long right now. It was plus 410 the last I saw trying to pull it up here. I honestly, I think both LA teams were out. 490. 490. I think it's too long because I think that there's a pretty solid chance that they are on a road in a playing game. We're not simulating injuries for this exercise, but it's the Clippers. It's always going to be in there. You never know if Kawhi or PG is there or there at the end of the game. It's always part of it. Plus 490 basically is saying, Guys, come on. The Clippers are going to make the playoffs. That's what they're saying with that number. It's, just, it's, it's too long. They probably will make it, but not that much certainty. I think the Lakers number to miss is also too long because I don't think the Lakers have a great chance to move up past that nine seed. And no matter what, this, this is not just, oh, okay, it's the play and Well, it's LeBron, so they're not going to lose elimination game. No, probably not. But probably 
is like 60% or 65%. Whereas I think our brains translate as like, well, it's LeBron, 99%. They're not losing to OKC. Well, guess what? They just did a few weeks ago when LeBron set the record for scoring and probably would have liked to win the game that night. And oops, lost to OKC. So I, I think both of those numbers are too long. I think you should bet both of them. I think one of the LA teams is going to miss the playoffs. I think expecting both of them to is maybe a little too much. I could see it happening. Uh, here's the route that I would probably take okay. here is Clippers lose the seven, eight to Minnesota or golden state. I think the, or Dallas. Sure. I think, either, I think any of those are very possible. Um, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe Kawhi just needs a rest that night. You know, it's just not feeling good. And just needs needs a, a good old rest management night for Kawhi. I mean, yeah, sure, it's a playing game, but they got another one. They haven't taken any game this season seriously. Why would they take that one? Um, but anyway, they lose that first playing game, and then the Lakers take on either the Blazers or the Thunder. Like, he, here's a thing that I would I would say. He mentioned like how long those guys are to miss the playoffs. OKC's thirteen to one to make the playoffs. Portland's plus six eighty. They're six point eight to one. I will just say I don't think that the Lakers are demonstrably that much better than those teams. And if you're like, how could you possibly think that? The the Thunder just beat them in a historic night with a 20-minute game stoppage. The Thunder just went back out there and whipped their ass. Like, I don't know what to tell you. If OKC wants to win that game, OKC can win that game. I don't know if they do. I, don't, I have a hard time judging this based off of the, the Shea Gilgis not going to play on back-to-backs. It seems like a very soft tank, right? Um, Portland, I don't think, gives up. I think Portland keeps firing. And if you're just – I'm sorry, but if you're – if you're, this is the whole thing about the play-in. If you're in a 9-10, yeah, the Lakers should be favored. Yes, they should be favored by a significant amount. If Dame goes off for 45 and Anthony Davis – Anthony Davis's, which there's a whole lot of things that that, that means – it's entirely possible the Blazers win. Like, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, who's the third best player on the Lakers? D'Angelo Russell? Okay. Probably. Right? On the Blazers, it's Damian Lillard, J- Jeremy Grant, and either Anthony Simons or, or Yusuf Nurkic. That's close. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that, that is, that's close. So I think that there's a possibility that they can lose now. The problem is that they won't like FanDuel. Unfortunately, they were allowing this and then they've stopped. You can't parlay because what I'd like to do is to parlay. Like if you want to bet this, all you do is you parlay Wolves, Blazers, Thunder, and you got yourself like a big, fat, happy. Basically, the L.A. teams were over. Like that's a much better way to bet it rather than Lakers don't make it because I think I'm willing to go ahead and cross out Utah. Um, Yeah. And that's like a, a better way to go about it. But as of right now, they won't let you parlay. We'll see what happens down the line. Well, you, you can, because I had OKC in my notes too. I I agree with still betting in OKC. When we did this a couple of weeks ago, coming out of the All-Star break, that was one of my bets was OKC to make the play-in. I still prefer to make the play-in OKC bet, okay. which is plus 470 right now. Nice. I, I think OKC likely is stuck in the 9-10 game. And now I'm betting on OKC to make the 9-10 game and to win two games to get into the playoffs against teams that I'm going to assume are favored correctly. So they can. I don't want the longer number. You can, at FanDuel, parlay numbers a number of teams to make the play-in. Yes. For example, OKC to make the play-in is plus 470. OKC Clippers Wolves to make the play-in is plus 1483. So if you feel like 
those are the three teams I think are here. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to move up. I think the Clippers are stuck in this morass and the Thunder get up and in. Now be careful. There's only four spots. You've just predicted three of them. So you got to be careful with these, but that is one spot where you can parlay together. So that, that was another way I had to bet this. I, I'm a little leery. I looked at the schedule yesterday. Portland, schedule-wise, oh, they are up against it. Like, Dame has been Dame has been insane. Dame has been – there aren't words for what Dame has been doing. 38 per game over yeah. his last 15. Right. If you take out the 71 game, it's still 35 <laughs> per game. Yeah. But the problem is – He's already doing that and yeah. they still can barely beat people and they're still barely in and the schedule is going to get harder and he's not going to score 40 a game every night for forever. So I, I would not put a portion on Portland to make the run here. I think if it's the Lakers missing a play in, I think it's OKC that's going to do it. So that, that they're the team at support here. If the Golden State Warriors fail to win a single postseason game. This is a bold one from you. Uh, <laughs> if the Warriors do not win a single postseason game, Great Scott! what's the bet? So I think there's two answers here. I think the easy route is this. The easy route is we get that 4-5 Suns-Warriors matchup. The Suns are the four. They win the first two games at home. We know how that goes. You go down 2-0, you go back home. The home team wins, right? But if they don't, and the Warriors don't win that home game, and now they're down 3-0, and it's a tired team that's had all the long run, maybe they just get swept, and that's it. So that's one answer. No wins. They got swept by the Suns. A very good possible juggernaut team. That's easy. I think the more likely scenario, if the Warriors failed to win a single postseason game, worded carefully here, is I think that the Warriors slip back into that playing range. Importantly for me, at least to the eight seed or below. If you're a seven seed, I have to bet on the Warriors losing two home play in elimination games. No, thanks. I, it could happen, but no, thank you. I don't want twice, but give me an eight seed. Now I have a road game in a play in the Warriors are terrible on the road. They lost that one. I'm sure it's fine. We'll just win the next game at home. Well, guess what? We saw that happen a couple of years ago. Like, you, you talked about the Warriors times where they've been in the playoffs and when they've won the title. Two years ago, the Warriors played the Lakers in a play-in and they lost and it was fine because it's fine. We'll just play the Grizzlies and get in the next game. And I honestly would have considered taking Warriors title futures. They were really good at the end of that season. And seeing as how last year played out, that may not have been a terrible bet, but it's one game. You get one game. Steph missed some shots, rolled an ankle, Clay went cold that night. The defense didn't hold up. The other team showed up one game and the Warriors can lose. So it could be the Lakers again. The Lakers get into the nine and 10. And suddenly we got Steph versus LeBron for the final play in spot. Close your eyes. Denver Nuggets fans watching that game, just waiting for the winner of that one to come through. I think that's the more likely scenario. I think the way to bet it obviously would just be in that case, Suns to miss the play in or Suns to miss the playoffs, I should say. I don't think I would take that bet, but I don't think it's implausible that they could slip into the play in. And this is certainly is a team that is bafflingly beatable on any given night. The Warriors to miss the playoffs is plus 490. The Warriors to win the conference is plus 600. Think about that. <laughs> 
Like that's a great way to put about where the season is at and where yeah. the Warriors are at. Plus 490 to miss the playoffs. Plus 600 to win the whole conference. Uh, that's a 17% chance of missing the playoffs and a 15% chance of winning the conference. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck choosing which one. Yep. Good luck figuring out which one. You and I have done rack em on this show quite a bit. Okay, rack em up. Rack em up, rack em up, rack em up. Where, should, where we parlay together the awards votes. I have a number of them, and I've had to add other ones because the New York media is an incessant pain. And for <laughs> some reason, if you do anything for the Knicks, it's notable. So now I have to add Emmanuel quickly to various Rackhams. That's annoying. But we, I do have a significant position on just Jokic to win MVP, Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year, and Paolo Bancaro to win Rookie of the Year. That ticket currently is plus 170 because Jaron Jackson Jr. has uh, lost steam. Like other players have taken steam in the market because of all of Memphis's turmoil. Uh, by the way, that's moronic. Uh, the Grizzlies are not going to miss the playoffs. They're up seven games in the loss column. They are not going to miss the playoffs. They are going to win a top six seed, even if it's just the sixth seed. That's like the lowest I would possibly go on them. They will not go lower than that. And as long as that happens, Jaron has built up too much of a reservoir. Jaron's going to win DPOY. I don't want not. It's minus 110 right now. That bet on its own is worth betting. Uh, but put them together, it's minus 110. But if I'm wrong and Jokic JJJ Palo does not win, what happened? Yeah, so this was a more fun conversation when I brought it up a few days ago before the Twitter thing happened this week. We're just not going to do that today. We're not going to do the, the the Jokic toxic conversation. Let's just not do that. So let's not have that be the reason. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. I had a really fun one here that I texted you the other day. I texted Joe Delera. Kevin Durant was 500 to one. Kevin Durant <laughs> probably is 500 to one to win MVP. It was going to be ludicrous, but it was going to play into the like, well, we don't really want to do the third MVP thing. Gosh, isn't it crazy? Kevin Durant only has one MVP in his career. He finished 20 and two with Brooklyn. His last stretch there. What if he went like 15 and two to close the year with Phoenix? Huh, well, what if he went three and zero to close the year with Phoenix? How about that? How about that? So yeah, it even if he played every game, it was going to be like 57 games and break all of my rules. But again, Kevin Durant is a guy that can break some rules. I think if this doesn't cash, look, I've said for a while, I thought the MVP was done. I, I still think it is. I still think it's Jokic. Paolo is done, done. Like they have moved that number so high that they're like, please stop betting this. We we really <laughs> don't, we don't want to give you any more money on this. How about, how about minus a hundred thousand? Will that stop you from betting on this? Remember when he was plus 450 at Summer League? Remember that? I remember. I remember that. I remember that we told a lot of people to bet on that one. Did it a bunch of times. I will say that the number is so long now that if you're a fresh better putting in a parlay like this, in my opinion, even though it's done, Paolo's winning Rookie of the Year, I still wouldn't include it into my new parlay because like in this scenario, plus 170 for all three, take Paolo out and just do Jokic Jackson plus 164. It's not worth the hey. six cents of payoff. It's, it's not worth it. Get your Here six cents elsewhere. Who knows who, what happens? Who knows? Like, just, I'm not going to even come up with a scenario, but life is weird. Something could happen. Don't do it. The answer to this question to me, even despite what you said, if this doesn't cash, it has to be Jaron Jackson. It has to be because the Grizzlies fell down the standings, not out of the playoffs. It's not happening, but oops. They're the four C, they're the five, they're the six, somewhere in that range. 
They have all the bad mojo. The jaw thing doesn't go away. Nobody wants to talk about the Grizzlies anymore. I think Jaron Jackson is clearly the defensive player of the year. I just posted it on Twitter yesterday that he would get my vote. I think it should be a wrap. The problem is, how do we bet this? The move-in right now is on Brooke Lopez. I'm not totally convinced Brooke Lopez is the replacement winner if it's not Jackson. I'm not even convinced personally he's the replacement box winner if it goes to not Jackson. I think it could even still be Giannis in that scenario. I think Bam could be the winner. I think he's been in waiting for this award. I still think it's going to be Jackson, but if if this ticket doesn't cash, I think that's the reason. I'm with you, though. I think minus 110 is ludicrous. I think you should just pause right now listening and go bet Jaron Jackson to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I think it's done. I think I don't understand this. I've never, I've, I will tell you, like, I'm, I've talked to voters, but I haven't talked to all of them. So it's possible that I only talk to certain members that are not representative of the entire sample. Multiple voters have asked me the question, why is Brooke Lopez second in odds? Like, I think that's notable because they're like, I would not think, like, he's, he's great. He's awesome, but like, he's not DPOI. You know, he doesn't have the reputation for it. And we've talked and, about how important that is in this precise award. But the problem I also I think is I don't think you can. So if we talk about MVP, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant never won an MVP in 2017, 2018, 2019, despite the Warriors being the best team in the league. And those two being considered top five players in the league. Right. Great stats. Team was awesome. Unbeatable. Won the title. All of it. Why? You couldn't parse out. You couldn't say. Who's the real reason why that team is awesome? Is it KD or is it Steph? Well, KD has Steph. Well, Steph has KD. It's a similar situation only on the defensive end here. Does Is Brooke Lopez the best because he's the best rim protector? Or is it because he's got Drew Holiday and Giannis on the perimeter? Is Giannis the best defender because he can switch on to anybody? Or is he able to do that because he's got Brooke Lopez on the back line helping him out and Drew Holiday coming around screens? Same thing for Drew. So to me, I don't like the like the numbers on any of the Bucks. I do not think the Bucks win this award. For me, it's either Bam or I guess whoever plays for the New York Knicks, since we're just going to go ahead and give them <laughs> random awards. Is Mitchell Robinson on here? Can I bet Mitchell Robinson? Um, I would actually tell you though, I don't I don't agree with you that it's Jaron. I think if that that doesn't cash, oh I see. I think it's MVP. I okay. think that the grenade that was lobbed on first take could have a substantial impact in the market hmm. that I think if you are a voter, I think the well has been poisoned a little. A lot of people have disagreed with me on this. So like, no way I haven't asked voters about it. Cause that's like a really intense thing to ask, but like I have concerns that essentially the award could be impacted because of the perception that a public vote for Nikola Jokic would yield right now. So I would tell you that if you're, the way I have put it on various shows is if you have a Jokic position and you felt great about yourself, cover yourself with a Giannis bet. That's what okay. I would say. That's what I was going to ask. Is Giannis to you the clear alternative if you're going to to cover or play fresh? I think Embiid's amazing. And I think a lot of people want to give Joel an, an, an MVP. I think it's a little silly to be like, well, we really want to give it to him. I'm like, no, this is, what are we doing? Like, this is, this, this is not something, like, it, it's not, a popularity it shouldn't be a popularity what are we doing no it's not like well he really wants it so i want many things in life like that's not how this works lots of players want mvp they don't get one um i don't have a like i get if you ask me like what's the one word sentence for Giannis? 
it's he's the most dominant player in the game and he's the best two-way player on what may be the league's best team record wise that's a good argument if you ask Embiid, it's like he's the best scorer among certain candidates as long as we don't factor efficiency in for the third best team in the east which is pretty close to the top and he's a better defender than this other guy and like you have to parse it i don't have like a a a succinct case that's not to say that joel's not deserving he is like he plays at an mvp level but i think that anybody that gets into this and is like i gotta decide if you're like i'm gonna rule out Jokic, if you're gonna decide between the two of them on paper on any close examination and on watching as well as record most likely Giannis grades out better so that to me is like the thing the thing to say here um, I don't, as a, as a non-voter, but as someone that would think about voting and that thinks about this award like you, I would agree with what you just said personally. I would say, though, especially from the conversation that's been forced upon us this week, I think that, I, I think I would say to be careful with my logical way of thinking about voting would rule out this candidate and leave Giannis as the choice. I, I think that choosing the the stats or or record or like i agree with all the things you just said but other voters may not have those criteria other voters may just say joel Embiid plays like the mvp he is the dominant force i expect an mvp to be he's the aesthetic that an mvp should be uh, he's had the big games he's had the moments there are other things that i weigh less that i think you weigh less but that we don't we can't account for other voters I think there are other scenarios. I agree with you, except to this point. If we're going through this path, these are Jokic voters that are going a different direction. Okay? This is sure, not that's an fair. increase in Embiid voters. This is an increase. This is a transition of Jokic voters. True. If you value the things that would lead you to a Jokic vote, who are the candidates between those that those that those people would probably choose? And yeah. the answer is most likely Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's very smart. I, that's a very good point. And I think that that, yeah, I think that's very well said. And that Jokic, non-Jokic, Jokic voters would be more likely to use that path to get to Giannis, I think is a very fair point. Your next one, the West two, three, four seeds all missed the second round. Great Scott. I know, this is heavy. Currently, that is Sacramento, Memphis, and Phoenix. None of them advance. Phoenix, we can shorthand this. The Warriors get the five and beat them. Um, we don't necessarily see any sort of way that they another five seed. Like the Lakers can't get the five. So if we say the Lakers can't get the, let me double check that. The Warriors are at 32 losses. The Lakers are at 34. I guess it's possible the Lakers yeah, can get the five. Can. I guess it's like theoretically possible. Um, but one of those two teams only, right? Like, do you think the Clippers can beat the Suns? I think they could. I, okay. I, I'd put it in right. the mix. Let's talk about the others, though, because we've talked a lot about Phoenix. Yeah. Sacramento, Memphis. Memphis, obviously, in a spiral. John Morant at at least four more games. Uh, Steven Adams will miss at least the rest of the regular season. Brandon Clark's out for the season. It's all bad in Memphis. This is yet another case where, one, I'm bummed because, like, I'm a pretty Memphis forward guy. I love Memphis, and I didn't want this for them. This sucks. It's also a bummer from this show perspective because like all year we've been telling you don't bet the Grizzlies, they're frauds. And now there's all these other reasons they're frauds. And I'm like, no, no, no. I had the right reasons they were frauds in the beginning. (laughs) Um, If the bigger question about if Kings Grizzlies don't make it 
is what teams do. That's the more interesting yeah. question here is like, what are we looking at? And do those teams have a legit shot at making a run as far as like being, because this is what's really interesting. If it stays this way and it's, if I told you it's Nuggets one, Suns four, Warriors five, and yet Kings Grizzlies don't make it. What are the teams that made the run? Yeah. And I think, I think that's key that like, we're not counting the possibility of like the Suns dropped to six and now they're one of the teams that knocked out the Grizzlies or Kings. Like, sure. Right. That's possible. In my notes, I had, well, okay. The Suns fall to the five seed. So the two, three, four went out because the Suns beat somebody that wasn't themselves. So that's obviously a possibility. I think Warriors being the six or the seven and beating the Grizzlies or the Kings I don't need to do a lot of analysis on why the Warriors would beat the Grizzlies or the Kings in a series. I think they'd be pretty significantly favored road or not in that series. So I think that's one option. The Mavs would be a possibility. I don't think that that would be a slam dunk by any scenario, but they'd be in range. And I think just one of the LA teams as possible seven seed, either Clippers or Lakers. Clippers or Lakers seven seed against the two seed Kings or the two seed Grizzlies. Who's favored in that series is, is I know the LA team is on the road, but are they really making Lakers underdogs Clippers underdogs against the two seed Kings? Cause they're going to take a lot of money on the LA team. If that's the scenario. That's a good question. I mean, I think they're probably still favorites, but they're just short favorites. Like I have a hard time getting to how, like, I don't think their power rating will allow them to adjust it enough. Yeah. I don't think so either, but you agree though, right? That uh, a lot of LA money is going to come in on yeah. that plus one thirty or whatever. They're just yeah. going to have to cover it. Yeah, I think so. Let's put it this way: if it's two Kings, three Grizzlies, six Wolves, seven Mavs, let's put all of these dangerous teams, both LA teams, okay. the Warriors, the Suns, and the Nuggets, all in a death gauntlet on the other side of the bracket. <laughs> okay. Okay. If it's two Kings, three Grizzlies, seven Wolves, eight Mavs, what's the bet? So I'm going to answer that question by transitioning into our next one on the list, because I think the next one on the list is the bet, which is now thinking about the Kings to make the conference finals, which you can't bet that, but you bet the Kings to win the West, knowing that, okay, I've got my crazy long Kings to win the West ticket, and I'm going to hedge, hedge, hedge right out of it in the Western Conference finals against whoever came out of the death gauntlet. But to me, that's the scenario where, hey, gosh, Sacramento, they're in this thing. Could they make a run? I think that precise bracket you just described, that's the one where the Kings make a run. It's where the Kings Grizzlies are two and three, whatever order. And then it's Dallas, Minnesota, six and seven. Don't put any, none of the other death teams in there. No Warriors, no Clippers, no Lakers. Or if one of them is in, we need an injury factor or something. They can't even it out. I'm sorry, maybe that's not giving the Kings enough credit, but it one, it's the Kings. I'm sorry, they've won enough all year, but it's still the Kings. I'm going to use that in my argument. Well, and number two, way, I do want to know, sorry to stop you. I do want to know. <laughs> I listened back to our Pacific Division win totals pod and I gave out this entire listed thing. And we'll talk about this at the end of the show about <laughs> the, the win total. Your literal response to my Kings argument was, I'm sorry, it's the Kings. That was it's just really <laughs> funny that we're back, we're back here. It's they're still the You're Kings. Wrong. So. It is the Kings. Here's the scenario where the Kings make the conference finals. They're the two seed. The Timberwolves win the first play in game, celebrate raucously, and then the Kings get revenge on my Timberwolves for the 2004 series, the greatest win in Timberwolves franchise history, 
when Kevin Garnett knocked the Kings out in the Western semis. Kings move on. And then I think it's just a track meet against Memphis or Dallas. It's just a run up and down and Kings win game seven at home. Suddenly you're in the conference finals. I think in that scenario, like, look, I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like a year or two ago, we had a similar-ish scenario where we were like, oh, man, half of the West bracket is loaded and whoo, it's open down here. Maybe that was the year, uh, was it two years ago when Portland made the conference finals? I'm just like, oh, hey, yeah, well, it turns out somebody had to come out of that part of the bracket over here. Yep. So I think this is that version of that. This is the version where it's like, hey, the Kings made the conference finals. You're giving Harrison Barnes how big of an extension? You're locking your team into this roster how badly right now? No, that's not the scenario. You just lucked into the right bracket. Also, cynically, I think the other death teams are too smart to let that bracket happen. Someone's going to win the right game or lose the right game in the last week to be like, hey, over here, there's a Kings, Grizzlies, Timberwolves bracket. Oh, Chris Paul is out tonight. We're going to drop down to that seat. Oh, we're, we're in that half of the bracket now. How nice. I hope that happens when the Kings win. Like, it would be the best thing in the world it would if be that were to happen. Wonderful. Um, Kings plus 3,800 to win the Western Conference right Ooh, now. That is a long number. Yeah, I've already, I bet that. I bet the Kings to win the division or win the conference a couple weeks ago when I was like, oh God, they could have like a bracket all to themselves. <laughs> There's one other team I do want to mention here who we haven't talked about because we've just kind of written them off. The New Orleans Pelicans. Zion's going to be out at least two more weeks and then he's going to be reevaluated. It's entirely possible Zion's done for the year. The setback was not good, right? I bet it's in the app. I bet Zion, I bet Pelicans missed the playoffs when they were still like the sixth seed because I heard the day of that like, oh, hey, the Zion news is not good. It was just like a rumbling around, just yeah. just noise in the atmosphere. There's a lot of no- noise. I bet that doesn't that hasn't panned out. I bet, for example, Ben Simmons to be the to be on the Raptors to start the season. That did not work. So there's a lot of noise that doesn't work out. Um, if the Pelicans were to get Zion back, they could win a 9-10. They could win a 9-8. Um, they might even be able to get into the 7-8 and win that 7-8. And then, like, if it's Pelicans, Kings, I'm very interested in how that works out. Like, I like the Kings. I've been kind of like, are we sure? And then... Your answer in this in the text message was pretty good, which is just like they're 26th in defense. Teams like that don't win. Now, the Blazers, to your credit, like that's basically who they were is like the Blazers were like a bad defense that made the conference finals. But I do think I'm not going to bet this because I can't have a bet on every single freaking team to win the Western Conference. (laughs) Not even me should have a position on everyone. But the Pelicans at 65 to one, if I if that bracket works out, that's something for you to look at. Like if the Pelicans get their shit together and they wind up in the seven, eight, my bet would not be on the Pelicans to win that play-in game. My bet would be on the Pelicans to win the Western Conference and then hedge it once they get to one of the death teams. Yeah, I think that's the key is, I think the key to what you're saying here is right, is I don't want to put my money on the Pelicans right now because I think it's much more likely that we're bottoming out in the other direction. And I have effectively, for now, until proven otherwise, moved the Pelicans into jazz range. Like, I'm just kind of putting them as 12 and 13 and prove me wrong. If they prove me wrong, I'm going to I'm gonna do the thing I don't normally do. I'm going to not get the best of the number. I'm going to let them earn the price down a little bit, and I will sacrifice the 6,500 down to a 4,500 or whatever. I think you're right. The closer they get, we're back to where we were at the start of the season, bat Pelicans aggressively. Lest we forget, 
when they were healthy, as you know, because our money is on it, this was the second or third best team in the West. They were really good. It's all Zion, though. It has to be Zion. But the closer you get to a play-in starting, if Zion is actually back in the scenario and actually looking like Zion again, let's put it this way. Assuming Zion is himself and healthy, who from the West would you not give them a chance against in a series? Denver. Agreed. Phoenix? That one's interesting. Assuming health, but I don't... <laughs> Zion is just Zion. Like, you you think immediately, as I think about a series, okay, Zion's the best player. Who's the answer to Zion? Nobody. There's no answers to Zion. Nobody. I don't... We don't know what that looks like in a playoff matchup in like, any if series. Phoenix, if it's Phoenix, New Orleans, and Zion's back, I'm probably betting. Some, I'm probably betting Phoenix, or uh, the Pels on the series line, right? Like we're taking. Right, like, that's what I figured plus, you would say. We're taking like plus two and a half on the series line. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think the closer you get to the playoffs, if three weeks from now Zion is back, and look, Zion takes a while to ramp up too. So just being back is not enough. He has to look like Zion again. Yeah. That changes everything, everything. we just said about the West. Um, final one for the Western Conference. This went very quickly. Uh, if I told you, if Doc Brown comes back and says, <laughs> Marty, KD, Jokic, and Steph, neither one of them win the MVP. If none of those guys win the Western Conference Finals MVP, which is new this season, uh, KD, Jokic, Steph, none of the, those guys win Finals MVP. Great Scott! What's the bet? Conference Finals MVP, you mean, correct? Conference Finals MVP. <sighs> I think the bet... I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the bet is Devin Booker. I think is this the first time I've ever said a nice thing about Devin Booker before on a podcast? I think it is. I know you like this one. So I'm just going to see the floor. I know this is your answer. Tell me why it's Devin Booker. Devin with KD is a different type of beast. We saw it immediately. I was so mad last time when KD got hurt because we were going to hit those assists over again. His line was five and a half. He finished with four. And the only reason he didn't hit more is because he had to score more because KD was out. When KD is in there, his complete game gets unlocked. Like triple doubles are on the board for the first time for Devin Booker when he has Kevin Durant to be able to throw passes to. Booker is a very good floor general. They are shifting away from Chris Paul being the one that sets the offense and being kind of the engine and Booker being tip of the spear to Devin Booker is the engine and Chris Paul is secondary auxiliary playmaker. Um, There's a really good opportunity to bet Booker assists throughout the finals as long as KD is healthy. And I do genuinely think that you could see a situation versus switching teams where it's like, yeah, you know, KD averaged 24, but really they were able to limit his efficiency, but they couldn't do anything with Booker. Booker finished with, you know, 28, like he averaged 28 and seven or eight for the conference finals. To me, that's like the best bet in there. If it's not from one of those teams. Yeah. Then I, 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 Kawhi's probably the bet. Yeah, I was gonna say Kawhi. Maybe it's it's hard to say like like Luca or LeBron just by being Luca or LeBron, but that's the eight seed right now. So, like that means you're gonna gotta knock out the Nuggets and then the Suns and then still somebody else after that. Those are the names we know. The superstar names. I think the Clippers. You'd have to say have the presumably easier path, but they're only one seed up. But, Right now, the Clippers are at least in that better half of the bracket, and that would help. I'm hoping we get those at the start of the playoffs. If we get those, I will tell you another name I'm going to bet. Anthony Davis. They want to give him – like, there is so much appreciation in the media for him. Like, the NBA selected him as a, as a top 75 guy all time. He was described as, like, what if – is Anthony Davis the best big man ever after they won the finals? Like, 
they cannot stop falling over themselves about a player they ignored when he was in New Orleans. So that to me would be the play. Let's get to the Eastern Conference. If in the Eastern Conference, Doc Brown comes back and says, Marty, Boston and Milwaukee is not the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Right, Scott. What happened? So I think the obvious answer is Philadelphia, but I'm not going to go with Philadelphia. I, I just don't like their path. I think that James Harden is either going to have to get past Drew Holiday or have to get past Marcus Smart and Derek White. And I do not see that going well for James Harden. I know I'm beat all the et cetera stuff. I'm just going to have to have Philadelphia earn it. I think it's Cleveland. I think Cleveland, not Philadelphia, is the reason that would stop a Boston-Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals. Cavs can win a rock fight. They're number one or near the top defensively. They're last in pace. I like that in a series where you're the underdog because you shorten the game a little bit. You have less possessions, less chance for the better team to be better. I think it's certainly against the Celtics. We know that that matchup can go well. We've seen... Cavs-Celtics be great all season long. We've seen four close games. Cavs have won three of them in overtime. Cleveland is number one, at least they were as a couple of days ago, number one in net rating and SRS for the league. The Cavs are very good. There are flaws in those ratings. I think the Cavs, not the Sixers, would be the reason that we don't get that Eastern Conference Finals. I agree with you. I like the matchup for the Cavs a lot in Boston. That's like a, a matchup I've been circling for a long time. The problem is right right now it's going to be Bucks Cavs, and I think the Bucks smash them. I think the Bucks absolutely smash Cleveland. Um, I try and talk to myself like, okay, what's the team that's going to give the Bucks more trouble than they should give them? I'm like, is it the Knicks? Is that possible? Like, is it possible that's the Knicks? And I have a hard time kind of buying into that. If the Celtics retake the one seed, that's the only scenario in which I can see neither one yeah. of those teams making it right? Like this assumes only one misses, but if we were to say like, Hey, both the one and two seed are knocked out, which would be crazy given where the East is at. Like we do not think that this is possible, No, but it would be the Cavs knock off the Celtics in round two. The size is too much. Boston shooters go cold. Donovan Mitchell goes off and the Cavs uh, make an cr- incredible run to the conference finals. And then the Sixers get the bucks who I think Saturday night was a good example of, I do think they match up with them. When the yeah. regular season game outcome doesn't matter, but the matchup is what matters. I think the Sixers can beat the Bucs. I don't know if they will, but they can beat the Bucs. And now you have Cavs, Sixers. Now all of a sudden, Joel Embiid's going to the, going to the finals. So, like, yeah, I think, Murray, I think that's the bracket. If, yes. if Marty tells us this happens, that bracket is the one that gives us two scenarios where either one of those teams could lose. The current bracket does not set up well for either of those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a crazy one. One, no, one, two, three, four seed in the Eastern semis. Great Scott. I know this is heavy. Okay, well, let me clarify okay. because it's not as crazy as you think. Okay, this one okay, is supposed, okay. this one is not the top four all are out. Oh, this, just one of them. Any one of them. Because okay. I think right now the assumption is that it's just those four that we just talked about. Those yeah. are the four teams. Because I was like, ah, the Eastern first round is going to kind of suck. The, the rest just doesn't matter. We're going to get those four teams. So if, if it's the Eastern second round and we do not have some combination of Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Cleveland, what's the reason? And I'm going to go first because I think the obvious answer here is it's the Knicks, the Knicks, New York winners of nine straight until not anymore. I don't think it's the Knicks. I don't buy the playoff threat from the Knicks. I don't think it's anybody. I think we will get those four. If it is someone Doc Brown just told me that the Miami Heat did it again and those freaking zombie Heat knocked off someone. I think they are the one team in the 5-8 range that can win a playoff series 
Jimmy Butler is awesome and can be the best player on the court in a game, in a series against anyone in the East. We've seen it. We've seen the Heat beat the Celtics nearly. We've seen the Heat beat the Bucks. You know the Heat, if healthy, are pushing one of those series to six games. You know it's going long. You know the Heat are a pain in the rear to get out of, and it's back to that kind of elimination thing. If it goes that deep, now you're in Miami for game six. Now you got a game seven scenario. We know Jimmy Butler could, if they get to like the sixth seed and it's Philly, we know they could punk his old team and Embiid, and we know how that matchup can be at times. It, it Put it this way, if I'm one of those top four teams in the East, the only team that I'm losing even a little bit of sleep over right now is the Miami Heat. Okay. I have two more. These are, again, okay. this one's hard to bet. There's not a betting way to do this. Yeah, I know. I, 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 my, the Heat for me are my answer to a couple of these, yeah. but I, I, I want only once. I just want to bet like, will the Heat make the second round? So they feel do. free to give us that one, FanDuel. They will. They're gonna give us. They're gonna give us round of elimination. So you'll be able to get a good right. Round. Yeah, when that one goes up, that's the way. Um, I got a couple. Okay. It's three six Philly versus the Nets. The number will be insane. How do you scout the Nets? What do you like? What do you do? The Nets will have the least pressure of them on them than any team. They're not supposed to do anything. Nothing. Nothing. If they face the Bucks, if they slide and they're in the play-in, but they win one of those games, and they face Milwaukee, and you have Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and all of these shooters and Nick Claxton, and they basically are able to play a little bit of five out with, like, Claxton roaming essentially 1-5. Like, I'm just saying... The Nets have the capacity for chaos. It's going to take a team that ha- that can absolutely bottom out on one end of the floor or the other. And the Sixers can bottom out on defense and the Bucks can bottom out on offense. Like yep. the Celtics are the one team I trust to beat. Like if it's any of these lesser teams, I'm like, Boston's going to win. But if it's, if it's Milwaukee or, or Philadelphia, I do think that they're prone to a little bit of, a, of a vulnerability. The other one, and this is like harder to find a scenario for it to happen if the Hawks were to ever get their shit together, which again, how many times have I said that on this podcast? If it's Philly versus Trey Young again, I'm sorry, but the Sixers' problem in that series was an offense. You can complain about the missed dunk all you want. The problem is that Trey Young got to the floater over and over and over and over again. And you're like, but they have James Harden now. They do. That's true. The Hawks have DeJounte Murray. I'm not saying that the Hawks should be favored. I'm not saying the Hawks shouldn't be serious dogs. They should be. I am telling you, absolutely bet the Hawks on the series line in that in that series. If it's Hawks versus Bucks, again, the Hawks are the tenth best offense in the lead schedule adjusted. That's not a team that I want Milwaukee to see. I need Milwaukee to face teams like Miami. I need my I need Milwaukee to face teams that do not have offensive upside. If they face teams that have offensive upside, they can be in trouble. I should note, by the way, because I kind of have ruled them out, that the New York Knicks do have the fifth best offense in the NBA. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I need to I need to, to caveat. I don't believe it. I can't see it. But that's something to mention. I'll have to look into the matchup more if that actually winds up being a, a matchup between if it's if it's one five second round Bucks Knicks. I'll have to really dive into it. If I told you neither Giannis Tatum nor Embiid when. Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Great Scott! What's the bet? So that's interesting. I will say, I'm going to do what I did in the last. I'm going to say Jalen Brown is your Eastern Conference MVP. 
because similarly, at my circle of teams I trust and think can really get out of here has really tightened. I'm down to like two or three per conference. I just I have a too hard of a time to make a case for another team. I think if it's the Bucks, it's Giannis. Giannis Bucks is just the combo always. Uh, maybe Chris Middleton, I guess, but we, we were a long ways from that right now. Jalen Brown's been great. We know Jalen Brown was my MVP pick multiple series along the way last year. Worked out great for me. I love those bets. They're wonderful. They did not cash. I think I'd probably be back to that well again and saying like, oh, well, what if Jalen gets hot and scores well and he got real close a few times early in the series and then he kind of faded late in those series and Tatum took over. But to, to me, of those teams... That's the answer because I think it has to be one of those three. And I think that as far as how do the players rate Jalen Brown is the closest second choice of the options. And so that's it. I guess James Harden, but just no, I'm just, nope. You're not going to let me say James Harden, Eastern conference MVP. I'm not doing it. Mine would be Donovan Mitchell. He's, He's a player that could make a real run. Like I'm with you on this Cavs team. I think Cavs fans are very stressed out about them and maybe they're right. And we're wrong. Cause they, they do watch the team intently night after night after night. I really think the Cavs ceiling is higher than their floor. And I think that there's a real capacity for them to make a run. I'm excited to see what their lines are when the playoffs come around. Uh, love this one that you add in there. The Southeast division gets shut out of the playoffs. Right. I love this scenario. <laughs> I love it. It's so hilarious to me that we might have a division winner entirely miss the playoffs. The Heat right now, as the division leader, are still in seventh in the play-in. The Hawks are right behind them at 33 losses, one game back. The Wizards now are three games back of the Heat. There's only one team in the Southeast Division not uh, one team not in the Southeast Division in the play-in. That's the Raptors right now. What happens for the Southeast Division to miss out on the playoffs entirely? So, so here's the scenario. You got to really thread the needle on this one. So, number one. I'm assuming no like crazy, crazy thing. But number one, the Heat and Nets are fighting for six and seven. If the Heat make the sixth seed, we're out. The Heat are already safely in the playoffs, we're out. So Brooklyn Nets have to stay above as the sixth seed. That's number one. Number two, you need the Raptors to move up into the top eight. Because if we get two of the Southeast teams in the seven, eight game, we're out. One of them won, they're in the playoffs, we lost. So the Raptors got to make the top eight and win probably in Miami in that first playing game. And then the fun part about it, the last coup de gras here, our Chicago Bulls <laughs> eke in to that 9-10 game, let's say over the Wizards. That seems like the team that would fall out of the Southeastern teams. We need two non-Southeasterns in the post in the play-in. And the Bulls win in Atlanta. Sure, Atlanta, who knows, whatever. And now Chicago, Chicago has to win in Atlanta and then in Miami and Toronto, Miami loses at home to Toronto at home to Chicago. Jimmy Butler watches from the home sideline as the Chicago Bulls come to town and take out Jimmy Butler and have their sweet revenge at last. That's pretty much the only scenario. Please don't bet that scenario, but oh man, is it fun to think about your bulls who knocked off the nuggets last night. (laughs) Looked good. Bullied him. Hot. Um, Alex Caruso, first team all defense. Let's go. Yeah, this one, this this one is is a look. I will say these teams are in the play-in for a reason. And this is not a a like the Heat are 35 and 32, three games over 500, and they have never felt like a three games over 500 team to me. 
the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, the Wizards, the Bulls, the Pacers all feel like exactly 500 teams to me. That's what they feel like, is they feel like absolutely 100% 500. I, I agree with that with the slight caveat that the Heat regular season feel exactly that. But I think that the Heat are a team that knows they have a different playoff gear that they're saving a little bit for. Right now, the, that is those teams. Maybe they don't. Maybe they can't tap into it. I listen but... to those Heat post-game shows and like they... Again, I've tried to pay a lot of attention to the fans that watch this stuff night in and night out. And the Raptors and the and the and the Heat fans are both like this team does not have it. They just do not. Hawks fans are surprisingly like, no, they have it. They just can't stop hitting themselves in the face. Like, that's the whole problem there. Like, I think the best team out of this entire group is the same team that we said in preseason, which is the Hawks. I still think this is that's the best team in this division. I bet the Wizards to win this division because of how bad everyone is. That's a, that's what I bet is I bet the Washington Wizards. That's what this is. I did this, too. This. I'm on this podcast telling people about the Wizards. That was my pick a couple of weeks ago. So I, um, I bet the Hawks. I am I'm on like two or three seasons in a row of I will bet. Give me somebody in the division, not name the Miami Heat. I will bet on them. Who shall I bet on today? And I just keep on losing money on that. The Chicago Bulls are plus 710 at FanDuel to make the playoffs. That's your next one on the list. It's the scenario I just said. Hopefully, for Chicago's sake, in my opinion, that Miami would win the first play in and Chicago has to win against Atlanta instead of Miami. Do you want the plus 710 for Chicago to make the playoffs? No. <laughs> you know, I think um, I mentioned this yesterday. There are top 10 defense. Like, they're good and defensively. Doesn't make any sense. Again, that's like you can blame Billy Donovan for the offense, but you have to credit him for the defense and vice versa. I just. I feel like there's going to be a situation where Patrick Williams or or Io Dasumnu has to make a huge shot and they can't. I feel like there's going to be a scenario <laughs> where uh, Vucevic is going to have to win his matchup, and I worry about that. Um, I, it wouldn't shock me. It's just not something I, I just don't want to have money on it. But let me give you a slightly amended scenario. Three weeks from now, like, look, the, the Bulls are number 11. Pacers and Magic are below. I don't think we're giving them much of a chance. So it's Chicago-Washington for that last slot. Chicago has passed Washington. Chicago is now safely in the plan. The plan starts tomorrow. Chicago is in the 9-10 game facing Toronto. They'll have to win that game and then beat one of Miami or Atlanta. I'm going to give you plus 450 Chicago to make the playoffs. Now do you want them? They're in the plan. You got DeMar. He can hit the shots. You got Zach. I think at that point, I might actually consider it because – we're back to like, well, these other teams are all very mediocre too. Why can't DeMar be the guy that shoots instead of Jimmy that night or Trey or whoever? It's not It's not long enough. And the problem is like that Raptors-Bulls game was a very good example. Raptors clinched tiebreaker over Chicago with that game. That was a game Chicago could have won. Like Chicago was in that game. Chicago was better in that game. Chicago has better talent, but they just do not play with enough motor intensity and like execution they're just not made for it and that's frustrating but it's absolutely true versus like the raptors i think are are way worse than them talent wise even if i think pascal siakam's like the best player in that in that matchup i i might i'm here's the thing if the hawks or heat slipped and i could get bulls and they don't have to face toronto i like them like i like chicago versus miami more than i like chicago versus toronto this is how messed up this entire quadrant just sent you back to the future. Yeah. Oh, I know you did send me back to the future, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. Great Scott. Before we get out of here, 
I do want to do a little bit of a victory lap. Key to the victory lap. You deserve a medal or a holiday or at least a cuddle from somebody. We're going to go over some of the bets that we made in preseason as they start to roll in and cash. And we'll talk about even if if some of them aren't aren't winners. We will start with three winners, though. Uh, Brandon was this is the first thing he gave out. He jumped on it immediately. He was on the Cavs from the very get go before Donovan Mitchell was traded. Brandon jumped on 41 and a half for the Cavs. I jumped on it as well. We both had Cavs. Over 41 and a half, that cash this week. Congrats, Brandon. Thank you. You mocked me for Sacramento, sir. You mocked me. You really, you thought, you I said did. that you were considering betting against me. I had to talk you out of it. And you were like, all right, you've done a good enough job. I'm not going to actively bet against you. <laughs> uh, this was a very popular one. So I wish I could take more credit for it. Like I was all over it from the very get go. And then like everyone jumped on it. Like Bill Simmons gave this out on his pod. And like, it was just very popular. Everybody was on Kings over, but Kings did go over the 31 and a half, the 32 and a half and the 33 and a half. I bet that those three separate numbers, all three cash uh, Kings light the beam, baby. What a great year. Yeah, it was a great call by you. They, they were a team that I think I entered our podcast for that one leaning under. And I think I was not patting myself on the back here, but I think your case was convincing enough that I left the pod being like, all right, well, I, I'm just going to pass. I, I'm not ready to join you on the over, but I think you were right to just to point out, like they're going to, they're going to make the push. They're going to try to win. Th really. They are kind of what I thought they were in that they are all offense, no defense. And then the no defense part was right. I just did not think they were going to be the historical number one offense. Sorry. I missed out on that one. I do think though, if I remember right, I remember we were doing the division I believe that in my mocking you, which you're right, I mocked you for the Kings pick. I believe as part of my mocking, I tried mockingly to talk you into Kings to win the division yep. at what would have been a historically long number. And I wish I had mocked you a little further into that once you could get it. Because I know we both have bet it now since then. We're going to get it at a much shorter number, but... Boy, did we not think that that was a possibility. Yeah, man. You had three teams with a 50-plus win total, and none of them are, are likely to win the division at this point. Uh, well, wow. I think so. I mean, the market still thinks the Suns are going to. They're still the minus number. Um, speaking of that division, one of my my five-unit max bats alongside the Kings and the Celtics, which that one's going to be – that one's going to be close. Celtics is going to be like – I'm going to have an opportunity, I think, to at least hedge it, which is – thank God – um, but the other one that was really strong on was the Warriors under Brandon. You go to Asia for preseason, you go under the next season. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, th this is one I, I would have been all over Warriors under. And I think I just PTSD'd myself out from last year being like, no Warriors, no Warriors. And then they did it to me again in the postseason. I never caught there on time. And I was really concerned about the defense on this team. And I, I thought that this team looked about like what they were going to be, which is this kind of baffling team. And we'll see in the playoffs that I just chickened out of it. And I think I just was a no, thanks. No, thanks to the Warriors. No, thanks to the Suns. I don't need to bet them. No, sir. I will not. I'll wait to the postseason. And yeah, uh, you, you were right. We were right, but you were the only one that was right enough to actually bet it and cashed a big one. Well done. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. 51 and a half cash. I've got some fifties that are going to cash on also with the next loss by the golden state warriors. The one that we lost, this one was tough. Uh, yeah. Our premise was one of the three teams, this is how I built it, was Suns, Warriors, <laughs> Clippers. One team's going to go over, one team's going to go under, and one team should be a pass. And I went with um, the Warriors were an under, 
the Suns were like a stay away. And I wanted to stay away from the Clippers as well. You made the case for the Clippers and talked like, I take full response. Like I got talked into it. You, I think your case was right. The Clippers just bafflingly this year, all the stuff we thought about their depth wasn't true. All the stuff we thought about their coaching wasn't true. We lost Clippers over 51 and a half. It's a bummer. Yeah. Clippers were one of the late ads for me. And uh, as you remember, I got there on um, betting Kawhi to win MVP and I did some Norm Powell and I, I just, I wish I hadn't talked myself into it. I, I agreed with your premise that there was three teams and you had to pick one. And as we just said, I was out really on the Suns and Warriors. And so I kind of defaulted myself into the Clippers and the Clippers have defaulted some of our bets instead. <laughs> so yeah, that did not work out. I, to what it's worth, basically gave up on all my Clippers money about two weeks into the season <laughs> and have long since counted my losses on these. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I will say like your Norman Powell bet, I disagree with you so heavily on, he should win. I don't know if you think he's going to because of the insanity that this year has taken on. Your bet was right. Norman Powell was the bet. Norman Powell was absolutely the bet. You were right on Norman Powell, six man of the year. That was a great bet. That's not going to cash. That's your Joe Ingles for this year. It is, happens. <laughs> is That was a great bet. And I should have listened to you and bet it. Like I, even if it's going to lose, I should have bet with you then. You were right on that um like another good example like you're like yeah this one was dead like here's a good one i got to, i talked myself into the bucks under i talked myself into the bucks under like i was like they look terrible and then they just won games and like all the numbers say they should be way lower and it just doesn't matter in order for the under to hit the bucks have to go five and 12 the rest of the way somehow i don't think bucks under is going to cash <laughs> so uh that one is going to be a loss as well we'll get into some of the uh the other ones that we bet as they start to cash and come in here on buckets for now. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to download the action network app. My thanks to our producer, David Payne for producing a long episode this week. Uh, make sure to follow Brandon on Twitter and in the action network app at Wheaton Brandon Brando Brandon's off next week. So we'll have a guest for you next week on futures Friday. I'll be back with you on Monday with Albert Wynn for our win recap. By the way, if you haven't checked it out, just in case you're catching this in the feed, we are starting Friday Best Bets. We're adding Best Bets episodes on Monday at the end of the weekend recap. And on Fridays, it's going to be me, Jim Turvey, and Jay Money. We'll have you that for you in the feed as well, probably before this one. So make sure to check that out. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the betting. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.